Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Second hour of Seattle Sports Saturday is here. Some news with the Kraken. The expansion draft trade waiver freeze is now in effect through 1 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. So the Kraken are now the only team permitted to make roster moves during this this period. They got a shopping spree. Shop till you drop, Ron Francis and company. Do whatever it is you want with $81 million of cap space. Taylor, if you had a week to spend $81 million, how would you do go about doing it? Oh, man. A lot of shoes, definitely. Uh, that would probably be the first and foremost purchase for me. Um, it also kind of, for some reason, my mind went to the old Nickelodeon when they would be let into the Toys R Us and they would just oh, go wild yeah. with the shopping spree. I don't know why I thought about doing that, but I guess I would just do that for myself. Um, it would look similar to Blank Check, the movie from from the 90s. Yeah, text in to the Mac and Jack's text line, 710-710. What would you do if you had a week to spend $81 million? Because that's what the Kraken right now have ahead of them, at least for uh, this upcoming season in the NHL. But plenty of news going on around in the sports world. We've just been keeping you up to date on all the latest headlines regarding the expansion draft and the roster protection uh, deadline, which is just about now. I mean, the roster freeze is in effect. So have at it, Ron Francis. Do whatever it is that you want to do in helping build out that organization. But coming up in this hour, we're going to look at some of the NFL headlines. The franchise tag deadline came and went. Not a whole lot of movement there. We'll get into what some of those decisions mean for those organizations and then also jamal adams will he or won't he report to training camp we'll get into that conversation coming up too in this noon hour but before we get into all that it is time now for this hour's big three number one well the nba finals resuming tonight at 6 p.m as the milwaukee bucks milwaukee Versus the Phoenix Suns in Arizona, both teams having two games under their belts, two W's. The Suns have never won more than twice in their two previous NBA Finals appearances, and they were only a few minutes away on Wednesday in Game 4. Phoenix was ahead by nine points early in the fourth quarter and was still in the lead with two and a half minutes left to play, but... Middleton had 10 straight Milwaukee points down the stretch to finish with 40, and Antetokounmpo blocked DeAndre Ayton in a still stunning play at the rim after a lob pass to preserve the lead as the Bucks hold on to a 109-103 victory. After one of those, one of the most clutch blocks in NBA Finals history, Giannis and the Bucks looking to steal the game tonight on the road against Devin Booker and the Suns. Currently, the Phoenix Suns favored in tonight's game and will look to maintain their home court advantage. Number two. Well, it was billed as basically the Shohei Otani showcase in Denver this week during the All-Star Game festivities, and that unicorn he lived up to the hype for sure. Otani did fall, though, to national star Juan Soto in double overtime of their first-round pairing in the Home Run Derby. That was only the beginning of his week. The very next night, Shohei taking the mound 
as the American League starting pitcher against the NL, spinning a scoreless first inning. And the AL took care of the rest of the night, 20th time in the last 24 All-Star games that the American League came away victorious. As for the games that actually count, we are less than two weeks away from the trade deadline and have already seen the Cubs become sellers. Might the New York Yankees join them as they are dealing with a COVID outbreak in their clubhouse that could stretch past the trade deadline? The Cubs becoming sellers, they've got a lot of big names. They've already dealt Jock Peterson to the Atlanta Braves, and they appear to be fielding offers on third baseman Chris Bryant and shortstop Javi Baez two pillars of that organization's most recent success. Both stars set to become free agents this offseason. Number three. Well, Euro 2020 uh, 2021 wrapped up this past Sunday with Italy winning the European Championship for the first time since 1968 in penalty kicks over Mary Ole England on Sunday afternoon, and it was a, the first final to be decided on penalties since Czechoslovakia beat West Germany in 1976. Who could forget that, Curtis? The, the legendary matchup there. It will be widely celebrated in Italy after they lost in the final in 2000 and 2012. And Southampton product, Manchester's own Luke Shaw got England on the board early in the first half, but it was Italy who finished the game playing a better style of football. If you exclude the one play when Cialini pulled the guy down by his horse collar, but we'll ignore that, I guess, and move on. It was nevertheless a heartbreaking moment for most of the 67,000 people at Wembley as England came up short in their first major final since they won the World Cup 55 years ago. Now, focus shifts to the Olympics next week, as well as the World Cup competition in 2022. So, international soccer fans, Buckle up. It's going to be a fun couple of years for you. That is this hour's big three. It did not come home, Taylor, as uh, as the English. It did would, not. No, as the English would. They were hoping they, you know, saying it's coming home. It did not. As Italy walks away with the trophy in hand as winners of Euro 2020. Uh, some honorable mentions right now in the world of sports. We are less than a week away from the opening ceremonies of the Tokyo Olympics, which still a lot of uh, a lot of skepticism as to whether or not they can pull this off, especially with COVID still being very much a global issue right now. And and we saw, I believe this morning, there was a confirmed case of COVID in the Olympic Village. So definitely a situation worth monitoring. Uh, there will not be spectators in the stands in Tokyo during the entirety of the games. So there's going to be a much different look to these Olympics as opposed to years past with packed stadiums and all that. Um, definitely wondering how it'll all look over the next couple of weeks in Tokyo. And we mentioned Team USA basketball, both men's and women struggling in the tune-ups. Hopefully they can right that ship and, and at least medal. Uh, I would hope the gold medal is still within reach for both those programs. Uh, Taylor, when you look at this upcoming Summer Olympics, uh, we mentioned basketball, but are there any other events that you are, are hyped to see? Uh, for me, swimming-wise, Katie Ledecky comes to mind. I just want to see her destroy everybody in her path. To me, it's gymnastics. It's Simone Biles. It's it's her pushing her legacy even higher um, to see greatness 
at such a high level to have her be an American. And she's the the veteran now. She's the, the sort of uh, older leader on this team, which is kind of ironic. And, you know, she's grown up in front of her eyes. She's truly one of the greatest gymnasts of all time, if not the greatest. So, uh, again, Katie Ledecky and, and Simone Biles, top of the list of people I want to see uh, this upcoming Olympics. When you talk about, like, best at your craft, those two have to be at the very forefront of the conversation. I mean, Ledecky holds, I believe, 14 of the 15 fastest times in, I think it's the 1,500 meters, something like that, where it's just, like, it is absurd how good she is and how there really is no equal to her. Just as it is in, in gymnastics with Simone Biles, I mean, these two are absolute legends, and we're going to be paying witness to them over the next couple of weeks. I'm super hyped for that. Uh, British Open going on right now. Louis Oosthuizen has a one-stroke lead over Colin Morikawa. He is finished with his third round. He's at minus 12, Morikawa at minus 11. Jordan Spieth in third place at minus nine. All of those guys are finished with their round at Royal St. George Golf Club in England. Uh, I would imagine there's a bit of interest from somebody at our station in how Jordan Spieth is doing. I I don't know who it could possibly Mm. be. Uh, so that means I'll be rooting for uh, Louis Eustazen, I guess. Uh, uh yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then also Taylor, you were able to catch a screening of this last night. Space Jam, yes. a new legacy starring LeBron James. Give us your official review of what you saw. Look, I watched it last night in my Space Jam Jordans outside in a friend's backyard for an outdoor movie. And I got to be honest, it was fun. I had a lot of fun. Right. You're not going to see Casablanca or Gone with the Wind. So don't expect to see something that will be, you know, earth shattering. Oh, yes. Thank you, Matt. Oh, but there's Matt some, Nelson, some great, great moments. Great. LeBron does a great job. He leans into a lot of the jokes we've made about him recently, the memes, everything. Look, and there's it's great to see some of the old Looney Tunes back in action. The whole Warner Brothers family is present. There's some great scenes. If you like Rick and Morty, there's a nice little special surprise in there for you as well. So I had fun. I I think families People our age are going to have fun watching this. And uh, if you didn't like the first Space Jam, I, uh, you're not going to like this one. So that's, a, that's all I'll say. But this was, it was a great, great time. <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited to watch it. I think we're going to be able to watch it at some point this weekend, uh, maybe this afternoon before the Mariner game. So I've heard from some people it does exceed expectations because, look, it's been, what, 25 years since the original Hard to top the original. I mean, the original soundtrack, one of the greatest in film history. That's not hyperbole, by the way. No, uh, no, definitely does not. The so- does the soundtrack to this one at least come within striking distance of the original soundtrack? Uh, I, I would say that's probably its only shortcoming. Look, there's a couple. There's a song from Migos. There's a song from Chance the Rapper. You know, there's a lot of current artists. I think Lil Uzi Vert did the the theme song, a remix of this song okay. we're currently hearing. So, 
Look, a lot, the music was for the younger generation. I get that. But there's a lot of references, a lot of nostalgia. Look, you're never touching this soundtrack right here. So no. if you like Space Jam, go out and watch this. Have yourself a good time. Slam it. Jam it. You know, it's, it's what it's all about. I love it. I love it. That is this hour's big three. When we return here on Seattle Sports Saturday, we'll take a look at some of the biggest headlines across the NFL with some NFL headlines. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. You hear that music? It is time for NFL headlines here on Seattle Sports Saturday. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. Taylor, let's begin with the franchise tag deadline, which came and went on the 15th of this week. Only one deal got done. That would be Taylor Moten, the offensive tackle for the Carolina Panthers. He got a long-term extension done, which means guys like Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson will be forced to play on the tag this season. Obviously, Godwin very happy with his situation in Tampa. But Allen Robinson in Chicago, that's a guy who's long been rumored to be unhappy with his situation in Chicago. He gets to play with a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields, but... Taylor, do you think Robinson could be a guy we see on the move maybe before the trade deadline this year? Yeah, I do. I think he's the type of guy who, at this point in his career, he needs to make the move and he needs to use whatever sort of leverage he has left um, to make that happen. So I would not be surprised if we see him in a different uniform come week one of this NFL season. And I I think it would be... a, a in the best interest of both parties at this point, most likely to, to, to make a move like this. And if you are going to have Allen Robinson unhappy on your team, he won't be as productive as whatever value you could potentially get back. So um, to me, it looks like you got to, got to make a move like that if you can. Yeah. Some other names that were not tagged this week, I believe uh, Brandon Scherf was another one. Uh, from Washington, he will play on the tag this year. Uh, some other guys as well. Marcus May, safety for the New York Jets. Interesting, the Jets not uh, really wanting to extend any of their safeties. Last year they dealt Jamal Adams, as we are very familiar with. And now his buddy Marcus May doesn't get an extension either. Uh, very, you know, I, I would imagine Marcus May not happy with that. And I think Jamal Adams probably in his ear like, Look, I told you, man. I told you that's how it was going to go. God, imagine being a Jets fan and just looking at this. That's when Seahawks fans sometimes need to stop and pinch themselves. It's like, look at this storied franchise from New York City, number one market in the world, and they are nothing but like perennial strugglers in the NFL. And the fact that the Seahawks have been so successful, have been able to re-sign some of these stars, keep some of these players in town, sustain some of the success. Yes, they haven't won another Super Bowl yet, but are still in the conversations to be competitive each year. Uh, yeah, don't envy the Jets situation one bit. Uh, speaking of Super Bowls, we got the news this week that Tom Brady reportedly played in this latest Super Bowl with a completely torn MCL. Just adding to the legend of Tom Brady, I guess. Uh, he obviously had surgery this offseason to repair that MCL. He'll be fine and ready to go for training camp. Taylor, I mean, 
there is nothing that appears to be able to take down Tom Brady. I mean, a torn MCL won't slow him down. I guess Father Time is the only thing, and yet he's going to be, what, 44 this season? So maybe Father Time is having trouble taking Tom down. It's like Chris Hemsworth. It's like you can't be good-looking and funny and Thor and just successful and pleasant. Like, at some point, enough's enough, dude. We get it. You're the best, all right? Enough. But, man, to, to go out and accomplish that, to play the way he did uh, in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs team that was stacked, um, another just tip of the cap to Tom Brady. I, I can't stop tipping my cap to him. I hate it every single time I do it. <laughs> but if you don't respect him, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're too biased at this point. Just what he's been able to do. The greatness he's been able to accomplish and the heights he's been able to achieve, it's uh, its pretty remarkable to see. As much as I hate it, as much as I despise him and his success and all his commercials and his butt chin, <laughs> tip of the cap to Tom Brady. I will say, though, him being awarded Super Bowl MVP this year, probably not the right pick. But who on Tampa Bay's defense could you pick as the standout performer? It was such a collective effort maybe Shaq Barrett I think he got after Patrick Mahomes pretty well in that game Levante David had a nice game I mean I he kind of have to give it to Tom Brady because of the stat line he put up but Tampa Bay's defense is what won them the game in that Super Bowl 100% yes and they made Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable for the entire game he was hurt they made him get outside the pocket try and create could not do it he could not keep up so yeah just uh uh, you're right that tampa bay definitely should have had a defender win they could have just given it to the whole defensive unit i think that's probably what they should have done but again i can think of another super bowl where they probably could have given it to the whole defensive unit uh for winning them the super bowl so uh, i'll let you figure out which super bowl that is but (laughs) it was the before this last one it was the most recent blowout in the super bowl uh I think we're all pretty familiar with that effort uh, put forth by an entire defense. Uh, Another headline in the world of the NFL this week, Adam Schefter tweeting this out this morning on a Friday phone call, uh, a conference call. Packers president Mark Murphy was asked if Aaron Rodgers would be reporting to the team's training camp in a couple of weeks. Murphy's answer was this, quote, I appreciate the question. This is really limited to questions regarding financial statements. I would just say there's nothing new to update on the issue. Taylor, when you look at the situation between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for taking it out as long as he has because, as we know with veteran players, especially guys who have put in a couple or nearly two decades' worth of time in the NFL, they don't want to go to training camp. Why would Aaron Rodgers want to report to camp with any team? Having to practice every single day. He's, what, like 36, 37 years old? No way he wants to put himself through that at, at this stage of his career. He's, I think he's going to take a page out of the Brett Favre playbook, take this as long as possible to where either he's forced to report to the Packers, they trade him, or he just says, look, I'm going to sit out this season. I mean... It, it's a tale as old as time when it comes to veteran players. The only team I could see him getting dealt to right now, though, would be Denver. I just I don't know if that is very feasible, though. What do you think happens with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers here? 
I think he's in Green Bay. I don't know if he's going to play or not play, but Aaron Rodgers will be a Green Bay Packer this season, whether he likes it or not. And if I'm him and, and he's trying to get out of training camp, I think the perfect response to the front office would be like, oh, do I need to work on my timing with a new offensive player? Did I miss the signing of someone new on this team that I need to work with? Or is it just the same players from last Oh, same players from last year? Okay, well, I'll see you later. Okay, bye. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> should rightfully be upset with the lack of signings for his offense and the players around him. Yeah, I, I do think, though, obviously there are frustrations from his from him and his camp about the draft picks that have been made on the offensive side of the ball. But their development of the draft picks has been pretty good in terms of the offensive line over the years. And then also finding Devontae Adams in the second round. He's turned into maybe the best receiver in the NFL. Granted, he's had Aaron Rodgers thrown to him, but guys like David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, those two guys were late-round draft picks who have turned into all-pro players. I don't know if Rodgers' frustrations with the guys on his offense are as bad as it seems, but I, I do understand, though, why he would want them to go out and get a wide receiver early on in the draft. I think, two, what was it, two years ago, there was one of the great wide receiver classes ever, and they didn't even take one. They were they took Jordan Love in the first round, which obviously that was going to dig at Aaron Rodgers because that's essentially your heir apparent. And look, if I were him, I would want as much help as possible on offense. Yeah, and he's not get this situation just gets worse and worse every day. And I think to be on, if I had to guess and if I had to place a wager on what happens, I think we might not see Aaron Rodgers play for the Green Bay Packers and be a Green Bay Packer. I think they'll be stuck in this can't trade him, but he doesn't want to play situation. And we might see Jordan Love under center for this Green Bay Packers team, whether the the fans up north like it or not. (laughs) I don't know if they'll like it. Hopefully a, a potential Bucks NBA Finals championship will sort of ease tensions in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah Bakhtiari can slam all the brews yeah. he wants at the games. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's he's chugging plenty of uh, plenty of brewskis up there, up at uh, the Pfizer Forum. Uh, but yeah, it, another headline in the NFL, Ted Ginn Jr. retiring after a 14-year career spent uh, a lot of his time with the Panthers, Dolphins, and Saints. It was interesting when he was drafted because he was taken ahead of Brady Quinn when the Dolphins desperately needed a quarterback. 14 years in the league, that is a really great career, even though he never really became sort of that all-pro receiver that a lot of people expected for him. But I can tell you this, as a Seahawks fan, whenever he was with the 49ers and returning kicks, I wanted every kick to go out of bounds because that guy was incredibly explosive. Yeah, extremely solid NFL career. I don't think anyone can say anything different. I mean, the longevity alone is uh, is pretty unique. So, touche to him. Glad I won't, like, like you, Curtis, won't be seeing him back there taking any kicks to the house against the Seahawks anymore. So, the, you know, touche on your fantastic career, but uh, I will not miss you on the way out. Sorry, Ted. <laughs> yeah, 14 years in the league. Uh, tip of the cap to him. Those are some of the biggest headlines in the NFL from a quiet week 
in the league. Coming up next, though, we continue some football talk here. Jamal Adams set to report in a week and a half to CX Camp, which starts on the 28th, or maybe he's not. We'll dive into that next here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. In about 15 minutes from now, we'll need your shout outs to the Mac and Jacks text line 710-710. Who are you going to shout out as we wrap up Seattle Sports Saturday? We'll give you our shout outs just as we do each and every week here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Thank you for joining us, by the way, today. If you missed any of today's show, make sure you're downloading the podcast at 710sports.com. Click on podcasts. Every hour of every one of our daily shows is there for you. Uh, you can listen to just about anything you heard this week on 710 ESPN Seattle right there at 710sports.com. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. And before the break, we asked whether or not we expect Jamal Adams to report to camp. I mean, we're just less than two weeks away. Uh, July 28th is when the first practice will be held for the Seahawks at camp. And Taylor, we've seen it plenty of times over the course of Pete Carroll and John Schneider's tenure here in Seattle where guys are, are looking to get paid and it comes down to the wire at training camp and sometimes deals get done before then sometimes they don't uh notable deals that get done before training camp Russell Wilson comes to mind remember that a few years ago where it was uh down to the wire it came down I think the night before training camp started we get a tweet from Peter King saying that Russ had indeed signed an extension uh I think that was his second contract in the NFL if I'm not mistaken not the most recent one that he signed but then there have been other instances where Bobby Wagner doesn't get his deal done before camp. He's in street clothes most of training camp. He does, in fact, get that extension he had sought after. Uh, he gets the deal done during camp. And then there's an example of the deal not getting done at all during camp, and that be Camp Chancellor, who no, who notably held out the year after Super Bowl 49. He missed the first two weeks of the season before coming back in week three. Taylor, I present those three scenarios to you because when you look at the Jamal Adams situation, there are, those three scenarios are very much up for grabs here. Do you think Adams is able to get a deal done before camp, during camp, or after camp? I think it's going to be during camp, and I think he's going to be similar to that Bobby Wagner situation to where he still shows up to camp. Yes, he'll be in street clothes. Yes, he'll be on the sidelines standing there, but I think he understands his role as a leader on this team. He just wants to get paid, and rightfully so. He deserves to get paid, and and look, in 2024, the Seahawks have seven contracts on the books. Let me rephrase that. They only have seven contracts on the books in three years from now. And you assume Jamal Adams' contract would be for more than three years. So look, there's a lot of space for them to make the deal. I think it's all about the pieces and where they got to set themselves up. Because look, DK Metcalf's contract's coming up soon. They got to talk to Russell Wilson again here in a little bit about his situation <laughs> and what's happening there. There's some leaders on both sides of this football team that have contracts, big contracts coming up. So for the front office, there is a lot to deal with. And I think that's why we we haven't heard anything. And I don't think it's from a lack of negotiating. I think it's from a 
from the negotiating taking a lot and, and taking a lot from the front office to realize how much they need to lock him in at. I don't think the Seahawks would have made this deal if they weren't going to extend him. So I, I would be stunned beyond stunned to see Jamal Adams not get a deal at any of these three moments and for this to bleed into the season. But what about you, Curtis? Yeah, when I look at the Adams negotiations, I see a player that is so confident in himself, who is so willing to bet on himself. That's exactly how he ended up out of New York. It was He was betting on himself and basically said, I am willing to play as dirty as it get, or I'm willing to negotiate as dirty as, it, as I need to get in order to get my way out of New York and get myself to a situation where I am comfortable playing in, where I think there is a, a good culture in place. And he found it here in Seattle, or at least the Jets found it for him here in Seattle. And everything we've heard from Jamal over the last year has been somebody that has just been so thankful to be with the Seahawks as opposed to being with the New York Jets. But again, that is, I don't think that can be used in part of negotiation with the Seahawks because look, you can like a place all you want, but if they're not going to pay what you, you want, I mean, obviously that's going to change your tune very quickly on that place. Uh, I think it was Brady Henderson who pointed out when uh, Jamal Adams' agent has a, a history of negotiating deep into camp, maybe into the regular season a little bit. So that, to me, makes me wonder if the likelihood of a deal getting done before camp isn't that great, especially if there's a history with Jamal Adams' agent willing to negotiate into camp and into the regular season. I do think, though, the relationship between the two sides is still very good because you hear Pete Carroll and what he had to say during minicamp a couple of weeks ago. He was not surprised at the negotiations. He wasn't, you know, taken aback by any sort of, you know, any sort of thing that Adams's camp has brought up. And they knew that this was going to be a tough negotiation because like, how do you classify Jamal Adams, the player you Adams classifies himself as a weapon. He's listed as a safety, but he had nine and a half sacks. It's like, how do you, how do you quantify that value in terms of a contract? It's so hard because what he does is not asked of a typical safety. But then again, when you're, when you're trying to pay a safety, you're, looking at you know a contract that is not 20 million dollars it is not among the 10 most paid defensive players in the nfl and that's kind of where adams is looking to get taylor when you look at these numbers that are being thrown about uh in terms of adams's contract where do you think you see it ending up do you think he surpasses that 20 million dollar marker or do you think it's going to be closer to about 17 18 million yeah, I think it's going to be closer to the 17, 18, but let's put that into perspective here, right? So as far as edge rushers, that would put him into the top eight as far as paid. He'd be between around Cameron Jordan, Trey Flowers, Vaughn Miller if he was making 17 and a half, 18. So that would be his pay comparison as far as edge rushers. That would make him the highest paid safety by at least two, two and a half million over Justin Simmons average per year. So and then you start getting into a whole bunch of, you know, the Buddha Baker just got his he got his big new deal. Um, so I think it will surpass Simmons and Buddha, but I don't see it getting up to the Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack type 20, you know, serious 20 million dollar per year range. 
Yeah. It, I think Jalen Ramsey's the only defensive back in that category, and he's the best shutdown corner in the league. I mean, I don't think there's any debate mm-hmm. as to who the best cornerback is, and it's it's Ramsey. And despite all the uh, motivational tactics he uses when facing the Seahawks and how big of a nuisance he can be, uh, that is somebody that I think every team would be willing to shell out the $20 million for if it meant he got to be your number one cornerback. As for Adams, I mean, he is just so hard to to really pin down as, as what kind of player he is. We talked about him you know, category, categorizing himself as a weapon. Uh, I, I do think that if it comes down to it, I don't think Adams would be afraid to hold out because we've seen him be able to bet on himself time and time again and be successful regardless of uh, of those kinds of times. I hope it doesn't come to that because of what he adds to the defense. Uh, I think the Seahawks defense is much better with him in the lineup than without him. I think Mark Ross of NFL Network the other day had a really interesting take on the Jamal Adams negotiations. He wrote something along the lines of like, look, I... I don't think that it's in the Seahawks' best interest to extend the guy because, uh, you know, it, it's you're paying that much for a safety. It, it just seems like it would be weird to, uh, you know, continue to pay the top dollar for a safety that you've already given up two first-round picks on, that they should cut their losses. And to me, I don't think that's the route the Seahawks should take at all. It, it if you let Jamal Adams hit free agency, I think that's going to be just there's no chance he comes back. I don't think there's any chance he would come back to Seattle. And now you're down two first round draft picks. You have to justify giving up that kind of price tag for him. Yeah. And just looking what he's making right now, like they were able to get some great value in a season out of Jamal Adams, making that 5.5 yearly average number. But Look, I mean, that number, as far as comparisons, puts him with Josh Allen, the Jaguars edge rusher, and Dante Fowler Jr. Like, he's better than those players, unequivocally better than those players, better leader, better piece to build around, and I agree that he is this sort of unique nebula of a position where it's like he is an edge rusher, he is a safety, he is a cover corner, he does all of these types of roles, how do you pay him and and what do you pay him? But you you, you nailed it right there, Curtis. You can't let him walk with the, the draft capital you gave and the fact that he w- will not re-sign if you let him walk. It, it will cost you too much in lost value to let him walk. Yeah, here's the entire paragraph that Mark Ross wrote about Jamal Adams. You can find this on NFL.com, a column entitled Five Veteran NFL Players who deserve a raise, and then two who don't. And one of those players on the don't list is Jamal Adams. Here is what Ross has to say. A Pro Bowler the last three seasons, the former Jet has been a bright spot no matter the uniform he's wearing. That said, the bottom line is Adams' skill set didn't transform the Seahawks' defense last season, although it did improve in the second half when Adams returned from a four-game absence. His best attribute is his pass rushing skills while he's limited in coverage. That's not ideal for a safety. The Seahawks have already given up too much for Adams, trading away a number of assets, including two first-rounders. 
starters. I realize this might be a tough pill to swallow for the franchise, but instead of doubling down on the safety by paying him big money, Seattle should cut its losses by letting him finish out his current deal and hit free agency in 2022. Someone will pay him. It just shouldn't be the Seahawks. That's from Mark Ross, uh, who spent some time in a couple of front offices across the NFL. I mean, he does lay out some good points there, but to me, I think the Seahawks are much better off with Adams in their lineup than without him. And I think there is a interest from both parties on extending this agreement here. Uh, so I, I don't think it would be in the Seahawks best interest to let him walk. I text in to the Mac and Jack's text line, seven ten seven ten If you think it would be a good idea for the Seahawks to let Jamal Adams walk, I can't imagine there are going to be a ton of people that agree with that. Uh, especially if you've, let him walk you won't have the opportunity to at least get some value out of him in another trade if if you're going to let jamal adams go i would say let him go via trade rather than just in free agency to me letting him walk in in that you get maybe a compensatory pick in the next draft but boy that would be really tough to let him go for nothing yeah I wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't let him walk. I wouldn't do any of those things. There's just the value to me is not there in any of those scenarios versus what he brings on the field when he is there. So to me, it would have to be something so enticing. I would seriously be stunned to see an offer like that to take Jamal Adams off this team or else he's in a Seahawks uniform for some time to come. Coming up next here on Seattle Sports Saturday, we wrap things up with shout-outs. Text yours into the Mac and Jacks text line. 710-710 is the number to text. We'll read yours and we'll give you ours as we put a bow on this edition of Seattle Sports Saturday. That's next on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports Saturday right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. This is how we wrap up every single edition of Seattle Sports Saturday. It is with shout outs here on 710 ESPN Seattle on the Mac and Jack's text line 710-710. That's the number you want to text if you want to get your shout outs read. Taylor, plenty of candidates this week for shout-outs. Let's take a look at the text line here. The 253 says, shout-out my family, Ashley, Ian, and Mason. Shout-out to you guys for tuning in, making us a part of your weekend here on 710 ESPN Seattle. I mean, we probably shout-out the listeners every single week, but seriously, it, it makes Taylor's and I's week to know that you guys are making a point to tune in to us every single Saturday morning and afternoon. It really is an incredible feat that you guys pull off every single week. Yeah, again, we say it. you could be anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with us. So we are extremely grateful for that. We're talking sports. We're having some fun. And uh, at the end of the day, we're just all we're all here for the same reason. We love Seattle sports and the the teams that play here in and around the area. So uh, yeah, great time and uh, happy to be back on air after a little bit of break and uh, talking shoutouts with everyone, talking sports. And we're gonna have a hockey team to talk about next time we're on air too. Whew, yeah, we're gonna have actual players. We're gonna have just a, a full roster of guys to to go over to comb over and and just. It's been wild to think that of all the years that it has taken to get to this point, 
Next week, we are going to actually have a, a real-life hockey team to talk about here in Seattle, in the Northwest. And, and Taylor, I think that's a shout-out of mine this week is just all the people that have kind of put this into action from the very top of that organization to, uh, you know, to just your everyday workers within that organization. Uh, the Kraken are, are about to give us something real special here in the C- in the city of Seattle, and uh, we're going to live and die with each game. And I just I cannot wait for what happens this week and and just what happens beyond this week too. Yeah, it's it's real. It's happening. This is what we've been waiting for for years. And who knows, is this the first step to showing the NBA that we're ready to get the, the league back in this city and to have the Seattle Supersonics be a team in that arena, Climate Pledge Arena, and, and to truly become one of those rare cities in this country to have all of these major teams and have successful major teams uh, at every level. So here's to hoping that that is uh, what, remain, or what lies ahead in Seattle sports' future here. But another text, 253 here, shout out to my dad, Dave, who is listening in his semi-truck driving across Washington. You demand, Dad. Yeah, so shout out to Dave and his son for listening in on a Saturday. Uh, and here's another one, Texter, and I feel like you were going to say this too, Curtis, but it feels like a good sort of one for both of us. 907, shout out to Jake Heaps for being on oh, Ninja man. Warrior. He did better than I ever could. One, yes, he did. He made yeah. it to the second thing, but... Uh, Watching him go through that and knowing, uh, you know, what it takes to compete in that competition, the American Ninja Warrior, and uh, just to see Jake do it was so cool. And even though he only made it to the second, you know, uh, the I guess event, I don't know what you would call it, second stage, uh, we're still proud of our coworker Jake for getting it done. Absolutely, we are proud of him. Shout out to Jake Heaps. Uh, yeah, for. Being able to make it to the second level of American Ninja Warrior, I know when watching the episode on Monday night, the first level that he was on, the uh, just the pads, I guess, that he had to step on and over the water, I would have torn an ACL on those. And then the second oh, yeah. one with the bar that he had to hold on to that slides down, which then he had to like swing himself onto the next one, I would have torn both shoulders like what jake did you know obviously compared to other ninjas on the show he didn't come close to finishing it but like he did better than i would say 99.9 percent of people could on that course uh shout out to him you know making the most of that opportunity it was so cool to see him it was so cool to see his family and also i mean he's on the verge of becoming a dad for the third time here too. So shout out to Jake uh, and just all that he was able to uh, have happened this week. I mean, that American Ninja Warrior show, Taylor, that's really one of the first times I've watched it start to finish. Boy, I I hate to lump you in with me here, but I don't think either one of us are are cut out for the, uh, the ninja lifestyle. Oh, no, no. I'm not a ninja. I mean, unless we're like doing some sort of video game type stuff or sneaker stuff, then I might even barely define a ninja. But yeah, no, that was so impressive. And I I, I can't echo it enough to, to do that, to know you're going to be on national TV, to know you most likely aren't going to make it to the end unless you've been training for this for years and years and to still go out there, try his hardest. 
I mean, I think his his uh, his boys and his future daughter can bowl, all be very proud of their dad and what he accomplished. So shout out to Jake. I'll give him this. The skyline guy would have made it further than the Bellevue guy in this competition. <laughs> so he doesn't get much from me in that regard, but I'll give him that. What is it? Five rings between you two? A handful of state title rings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got a fistful of rings between the two of us. So uh, <laughs> I won't say who's got more. You can figure that out for yourself. But, you know, I, hey. I, I didn't barely play, so I, I barely earned mine. <laughs> <laughs> who's counting at home, though, really? Uh, nah, no, some one, other, no one. Some other shout-outs on the text line, 360 shouting out. Uh, Rainbow and I shout out mental health and, of course, the best show on the radio. Well, we appreciate those kinds word, those kind words, 360. Yeah, it was a big week uh, of conversation regarding mental health uh, across the sports world, uh, especially in, in the wake of the Richard Sherman news this week uh, of his arrest. And I think that's kind of uh, probably the shout out we're going to leave you guys with this week, too, is, uh, you know, it is so tough to have those conversations but they are so important and make sure that you you know if you're not feeling okay to to tell others that you're not feeling okay and and that there is help out there there's help really wherever you look it's just being able to have it within yourself to recognize those signs uh it takes a lot and you know it is important to to kind of recognize that and to get the the help necessary in order to uh be able to overcome that yeah and it's it's not easy and it does take help from others and it takes you being vulnerable and and asking for that help but i tweeted it out to for everyone listening to not forget that you are loved you have love and you deserve help and you deserve to 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 be okay and uh if you're not okay and you need some help 1-800-273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is there for you, or in Washington, the Recovery Helpline is 1-866-789-1511. So again, like Curtis said, um, there is help out there if you need help, and please, please don't be afraid to ask. Even if you have to shoot us an anonymous text on 710-710, we're more than happy to help uh, find you the resources that you need to to, to be right. And everyone deserves that. Absolutely. That is going to do it for us here on this Saturday. Make sure that you are staying tuned in to 710 later tonight, obviously, for the Mariners game as they take on the Angels. Pre-game show starts at 5 o'clock, first pitch at 6.07. And then also make sure you're tuned in this week, this entire week, as we have got plenty of expansion draft coverage for the Kraken. Uh, we're going to have an expansion draft special on Wednesday night following the Mariners postgame show. Shout out to the Mariners for having a day game on Wednesday so we don't have to uh, balance those two. We can have one and also the other. We can have our cake and eat it too on that day. So yes. make sure you are keeping it locked on 710 that day. So for Taylor Jacobs, I'm Curtis Rogers. This has been Seattle Sports Saturday on 710 ESPN Seattle.